you're actually better off finding the right resources to do that job at 10 or $20 an hour or whatever it may be. And you can concentrate on doing what's going to bring the $1,000 an hour, for example, into the door. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. Hello and welcome to Trillions. I'm your host, Elise Grace, and today I'm chatting with Sam Bashiri, founder of the award-winning ISP company Broadband Solutions. Sam was born in Iran and came to Australia when he was just 10 years old. His journey is super inspiring and Sam shares stories of the company's beginnings to now, 15 years later, making over $25 million in annual revenue. Sam gives practical advice on building your confidence and overcoming the tough times and how owning supercars can open doors. This episode of Trillions is sponsored by Xenox Diamonds. Mention my name or the Trillions podcast and they will give you a free upgrade to platinum with any engagement or wedding ring purchase. Find them on Queen Street in Brisbane or order online. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining me on the Trillions podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, man, you've been doing a lot of stuff lately. You've, um, you're the founder of Broadband Solutions and you've just launched your own podcast called Thousands to Millions. You've got um, uh, entrepreneurs and supercars as well, YouTube series. You're, you're always smiling. Um, I'd love to t- you to take it back though. Take us back and tell us uh, a bit of a story about where you came from. I know you came from Iran. Um, tell us about that story. How did you get to Australia? Sure. Okay. So, um, so I was I was born in Iran, so in Tehran, which is the capital city of Iran. Um, I came to Australia with my mum and sister at the age of ten as a refugee. Uh, so we were locked up in a detention center, I believe, around two years for two years. Um, from there, I went to primary school, high school, like most kids do. Couldn't speak a word of English, so you know it was a bit challenging learning the language when we got here. Um, also, not just the language, but also the culture, totally different culture to what I was used to growing up. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, I'm very lucky and blessed to be in a very beautiful country and have great people here. So we are very lucky. I think we take that for granted, uh, how lucky we are to be Australian. Um, so, yeah, look, that's where I'm from. And then I went to high school, um, went to university, uh, did a double degree, engineer, electrical engineering and computer systems. All right. Um, Why'd you choose that? Yeah. Uh, It was just something that, you know, for me, in terms of um, our culture, the Persian culture, you either had to become a doctor or engineer. (laughs) Otherwise, you were a failure. Uh, So it was really, it was something that I never had any interest in. I did it to keep my parents happy. So so I lasted at that course six months. I dropped out of that university after six months. I really (laughs) had no interest at all. Yeah. And then I went and did information technology at Swinburne University. Um, I didn't complete that either. I dropped out of that. I think I had only six months left or so when I dropped out of that uh, degree. Mm. Um, look, uni wasn't for me. I wasn't really doing something that I was really interested in. Um, looking back now, um, if I did a business degree, I think I would have probably really enjoyed it more. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't something that I was interested in. I just did it because, you know, it was expected of me growing up to be, you know, to be successful, you have to do a university degree. Um, yeah. And I'm not bagging university degrees. It works for some people, but for me, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So, yeah. Yeah, my parents, um, they were big on education and private schools. And um, both my sister and I went to uni and finished and graduated. But, man, even uh, I remember being in high school and they gave me a big thick book like this that had all these different job titles. I was like, what is what is this? And I literally just flicked through, picked, picked a degree and then studied and then after I finished a uni degree you know 20 30 grand in debt started you know going to jobs saying hey hi me I've got this uni degree and these great scores and they were like where's your experience so it's like a little bit of a lie that we're fed you go to 
you go to uni and get a job, it, you need to work for free for a bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree. It's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. So, so you came from Iran and, and you somehow adapted here, like you, you pushed through and you adapted and uh, made a bit of a life for yourself. Um, and you created an IT companies or actually before that, I know that you're working for an IT company. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, that's right. So basically I feel I was 28, 29, maybe a little bit younger here or there. Um, and I lived at home with my mom and dad. I was still going to uni. Um, for me, there was a defining moment. So for example, I, I, I came home and I was in the driveway of my mom and dad's house. And, um, and I looked in the mirror of the rear view mirror of the car and, um, and I just started crying. I felt, I felt like an absolute phony. I felt like a loser. I, I had no direction in life. Um, I was having a lot of fun at uni. I was having a lot of fun, but um, I just, I had no direction. I had no direction. I didn't know where I was going with my life. I didn't have a mentor. Um, what was the you job know, you were working? Um, I, I had no job. I was at uni, so no oh, job okay. at all. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I was working at a coffee shop while I was at university, so doing that, but you know. Yeah. Um, um, and then uh, I reversed the car out, and I went to a Centrelink office. Um, back then, they had these computers where you touch screen and it prints out a job. IT yeah. was quite new, um, and I applied for a job in a uh, telecommunications company it was, used to be called ESA, E-I-S-A. It was one of the first ones uh, when it came to dial-up internet that were, uh, you know, in Australia. Um, I applied for the job, 459 Collins Street. Uh, <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday, um, mm. level 14. Um, <laughs> I put on a suit, which is probably two sizes too big for me. Um, <laughs> I, um, I went to the interview. Um, the gentleman's name was Stuart. He, um, he said, are you here for the job interview? I said, I am. He goes, what do you know about internet? I said, I don't know how to use a computer. He said, yeah. it's 7.50 an hour and you start tomorrow. And oh, that's wow. where my journey um, So basically I was doing help desk. I was answering anyone. So if you couldn't get on the internet, this is back in the dial-up days, you call and you ask for support. Yeah. And I did that. I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely not at all. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was the first one there. I was the last one to leave. And I used to make extra money by logging other people in because they were always late. So they used to call me and I used to log in. We used to have a logging system. Yeah. So I used to yeah. charge people, I think, $5 to log in, in into That's the awesome. system every morning. Yeah, because it clocks them in. Um, so they get paid, paid their right amount. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that, right? Um, but I did that for a number of years. I think I did that for two or three years. Um, and while I was doing that, I actually remember um, I moved from morning shift to night shift. Mm -hmm. And during the morning, I was working at ANZ Bank Call Center. So for a while, I had two jobs. I was going to the ANZ Bank Call Center for the stock market uh, software. Yeah. I was doing that. And when I finished that, I'll have a one or two hour break. And then I'll go across to ESA, across the road. Uh, and I did that. Yes, yeah, so I used to work really hard. And then from there, um, I thought, you know what? I'm over this job. Everyone that calls is always angry because the internet's not working. This is depressing. Yeah, um, but that's, that's good. You're learning their problems, right? Yeah, exactly. And moved from there to sales. Um, and then from sales, and uh, I did that for a number of years. And technology was changing. It was going from dial-up to broadband. And then in 2005, around that, I thought, you know what? There's a niche in the market for a player that's carrier neutral, which basically means you're not a Telstra house or Optus house. You're yeah. somebody 
that has their own network but can sell your service through any uh, carrier. Yeah. Um, and I started name and I started the company Broadband Solutions, and it just took off from there. Yeah, that's crazy. So how do you know there was a need yeah. for for that service? Um... Uh, because look, I was in the industry for so long. You know, I did that for two, three years. I did support. I did sales, and there was really a lot of focus on residential services, and there's a lot of focus on high-end corporate services. Mm. There was nothing in between. Um, so for me, it was about findings, and there was they they usually only sold one product, like either like they were a Telstra, you know, a partner or Optus or someone, or they had their own thing. So for me, it was like a I select of internet in a way, if you want to call it that. Yeah, so for right. us, you came to us and we gave you the best product at the best price based on your location. So no one was doing that back then. Yeah. So cool. And um, and you guys provide a lot of hotels with broadband and, and now you're branching into schools. Is that right? That's so you focus, correct. So focus we more on B2B? Yeah. So we don't do residential. So we look after probably actually I've got as high as 90% of all the hotels in Australia. Awesome. So basically what it means is that if you stay in a hotel room, you use the internet, we provide that internet connectivity into the, into the hotel and into the room. Yeah. Um, but also we look after a lot of schools, uh, healthcare, and also we built our own phone system in the cloud, which allows people to connect, uh, have a virtual phone system anywhere in the world at any time. Wow. That's epic. So you're on top of it with all the technology and, and internet. Yeah. So when, when you got started, there's a story I heard somewhere. Um, you, you called someone and you said, move here within what, a couple of days and, and let's, let's get this thing off the ground. What, what, what's that yeah. story? Yeah. So that's my business partner, Brad. Um, so I started a business six months into it. I realized that there was a lot to do. And, yeah. you know, I was trying to support sales, marketing, accounts, um, the whole lot, you know, uh, planning on where I'm going to take the business. Uh, so there's a gentleman that I used to work with at a company called Eftel. Um, uh, Brad used to work. So Eftel bought the company that I used to work for and the company that Brad used to work for. So Brad was uh, located in Penrith mm. and I was located in Melbourne office. So I never had met uh, Brad face to face. We just spoken over the phone. Um, yeah. He was an absolute genius when he came to technology. Um, so yeah, one day I, um, after six months or so into the business, I was, um, you know, I was struggling doing everything by myself and I needed help. So, uh, I was, it's a, you know, typical gloomy, rainy Melbourne day <laughs> uh, in the corner of, um, Queen and Latrobe street. I remember like it was yesterday. I picked up the phone and I rang Brad and I said, listen, I look, I've started a business. Um, I've covered the rent for the office for the first 12 months based on what I've already done. Um, I'll give you 50% of the business based on you packing your bag and coming to Melbourne by <laughs> the end of the week. Um, I wasn't too sure if we would do it, to be honest. Um, but he <laughs> did. Packed his bags. Um, I picked him up from Tallamarine Airport. And I remember the first thing he said to me was, I thought you'd be told them what you are. <laughs> 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 and, um, and, we, and we shook hands and we never signed a single paperwork for probably the first five years of our business. Yeah, crazy. And um, he's still, and he's still, he's still my business partner. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey. And I always say it's, you know, you you two things for me anyway um, mean a lot. And it's very very important you make those two right decisions for me anyway personally. It's been my business partner and my life partner. Mm. And um, I think you know it, those two things are very important for me. And I've been very blessed enough to have 
both of them, you know, turn out really well. So. Yeah. Well, you've obviously got a great, great feel for people because um, those are even just finding the right life partner can be tricky. So um, it makes a huge okay. difference though, man. Like um, I've been with my partner two years now and it's not yeah. long compared to some other people, but man, it makes a huge difference when you find someone who, who genuinely believes in you and just helps amplify your belief in yourself. Hey, on those, those moments you have a bit of doubt and then, and then when you need to be pulled back into place and being told you being a bit big headed or whatever, it's, it's great. It's, yeah. it's really good to, for them to support and challenge at the same time. So yeah. That's cool. Hundred percent. Great story. Um, you talk about too. You, you, like I said before, your podcast is thousands to millions. What What did you do with that first thousand dollars? Did you buy infrastructure, or was it the the rent, or yeah, yeah. What, what did yeah, you do look, with we, it? Yeah, look, we invested. We so the thousand dollars is what I used to actually set up the business. So uh, we bought a secondhand router, which we mm -hmm. still have somewhere. Actually, I should frame <laughs> that. It's yeah. somewhere in the storeroom. Um, so we bought a router, which we needed to be able to do what we were doing back then. Um, and, you know, that's the first thing I bought. Um, but for me, it was really, you know, it's been an amazing journey because for me, it was all about like, you know, being from a sales background, it was all about making sales initially yeah. when I started the business and getting some runs on the board. That was my main focus. Let's get some runs on the board. Right. Um, but do as you, you grow, do you remember one of the first few people you did business with? Yeah, I remember the company I sold to. I still remember it was called Miles Real Estate. Yeah. Um, they had they had two two locations. I remember I closed the deal and I, I had an old Holden Commodore. I remember sitting my after closing the deal and opening up a can of a UDL, and celebrating by myself and drinking that drink. <laughs> I never forget. Yeah. It's a true story. I haven't yeah. told many people that. I drank that drink and then. And then I called my wife, who used to be my girlfriend back then, mm. and obviously Brad. And it was one of my happiest moments ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first day. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really really exciting. And you know, I loved sales. I've always loved sales. Like for me, you know, I never went to a business school. I never had business training. Yeah. But I was always good in building relationships, and the secret to my success has been building relationships and building long-term relationships. Mm. I'm a massive believer of, you know, long-term and you always have to do the right thing by people. Mm. And if you can't, you should actually say so. And people will respect you more yeah. and they will give you another opportunity when something else comes up. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I've, I've been a massive advocate of that. It's all about long-term and, you know, building relationships and you know it's funny because i think from memory uh, that miles real estate that first sale i think they were a client probably until a couple of years ago so for yeah. 12 13 years there was still a client which That's you know, awesome. says a lot about business. yeah yeah, yeah I, I hands down agree with you about about relationships hey like sales obviously is, is what drives a business but um when i was younger i used to watch my granddad um, treat his staff really well every Friday there'd be beers and drinks in the in the show he had like a um, uh, electrical retail store um, nice. so he used to treat his yeah. staff really well on the Friday afternoons and and people would would come in and shake his hand and chat and and then there'd be a sale at the end of it but it was more about the discussion and you could tell that there was all these great relationships going on so um, yeah I, I see that and, and a couple of people I've interviewed have really um, emphasized the importance of relationships when it comes to building a yeah. business um, people yeah. buy off people. People buy off people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can buy a certain product from different companies, 
Why did I choose you? And usually the products, like it's like, why do you go to that restaurant? Yeah, the food's great, mm. but I go to particular restaurants because I feel at home. When yeah. I go there, they're not the waiters and the waitresses and the managers and the sommeliers. They're, they're my family. They become yeah. part of my family. So I go not only to eat, I go to see them because they make me happy. Yeah. So relationships, yeah. I'm a really believer of that. Yeah, I've got favorite coffee joints in Brisbane. Uh, there's only two places I'll go. I'll drive from wherever I am to go to these specific places just for the the smiles, the hello, they know my name, and it's cool, man. It's um and it's good coffee. And no advertising well. can buy that. And no advertising yeah. can buy that color of loyalty. That's because the way they treat you and you build that bond with that person, right? And you will go out of your way, like you just said, yeah. go and get that coffee because coffee is coffee. Yes, a little bit better, a little bit worse. But for you to do that, that's because of the relationship that they've built and you can't put money on that. Yeah, 100%. So I think that that's a key, key thing for people to, to take note of is um, relationships. Like it's way more important than any marketing you could possibly pay for or a little, little picture advertisement on Facebook. Yeah, it's effective, but man, relationships where it's at and how you treat people. Exactly. And word exactly. gets around quickly, man, because we live in an internet era and, and you, you burn one person and they know 20 people and... You know, reputation is, yeah. Very, 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 very important. And that's why when you have a relationship, your churn rate is always low. Yeah. So when you mention advertising and stuff, you're spot on. We can advertise on Facebook, we can pick up sales. But those sales, are, there's no relationship there initially anyway, unless you mm. build a relationship later on. But those sales, the churn rates, if you actually look at the numbers, the churn rates are quite high for things where you pick up a sale online and you have no relationship. Because most of it is based on, Either the product stands out so much that they want that product, yeah. there's something new about it, or it's based on price. Yeah. Right? Or maybe um, it's Chris and Crafty it's, ad that looks cool and they want to be associated. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But it's but that usually lasts like it doesn't last two or three or ten years unless yeah. there's a relationship that client won't stay for you, with you that long. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Um, all right. Cool. Well, before the potty, Sam, you mentioned that um, you have a, a CEO. You, you don't, you don't um, have that position anymore. How did you go about choosing, choosing the right person for that role? And also, in general, how do you choose the right people to bring into your business, especially those high-level positions? Yeah. So, look, for me, uh, I learned a long time ago that um, you got to work on the business, not in the business. Mm. But that's easy said that done, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm learning this. There's so yeah. much to do. Even just little things like sending an email, time-consuming. 100%. But, you know, when I started, I didn't have the luxury of doing that. I didn't have a luxury of going and starting a sales team. I didn't have a luxury of, you know, hiring a CEO. I didn't have a luxury of doing all that. And, this, and times yeah. have changed. When I started my business, if your hand didn't work, move, you made no money, mm -hmm. right? There was no Instagram. There was no uh, <laughs> fund rate. There was no raising funds. There was no JVs. None of this stuff existed. Yeah. You go, you work, you make calls, you make money. You don't do that. You don't make money, right? Um, so it, it's totally changed. The whole atmosphere has changed. But either way, um, I learned very quickly that you want to work on the business and not in the business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people have uh, small businesses go under because they have this mentality that I can do everything and I can save money. Uh, and um, I'm so against that. I'm really against that because you find that if, for example, if you're closing deals that are worth, I don't know, let's say $10,000 a month, right? Yeah. And you're going concentrating on, you know, uh, buying the paper clips and doing the everyday <laughs> stuff that you done, right? Mm -hmm. Because those things you need to do it, right? Someone needs to do yeah. it. But you're like, well, I can go to Officeworks and do that. 
So you're dragging yourself away. So if you're worth, you know, your time is worth $10,000 an hour or whatever it might be, $1,000 or $100, and you're doing something that's worth $10 an hour, mm -hmm. you're actually cheating yourself. You're actually better off finding the right resources to do that job at $10 or $20 an hour or whatever it may be. And you can concentrate on doing what's going to bring the $1,000 an hour, for example, into the door. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. And it's not because they don't analyze it. They're like, and I used to be guilty of that too. So, it's, you know, we all do it. I'm like, no, I can do this. I can do that. And a lot of us become uh, control freaks. You know, yeah. it's like, because we want something, we become perfectionists. Oh my God, yeah. I have to do everything myself. Because yeah. if I get someone else to do it, it'll never be done the way I want to do it. But that's just a fact of life, right? Um, yeah. So we got to understand that we play a certain thing and that's where we should focus on. Um, but going back to your question, my CEO, so for me, I've been, I've started this business in 2005. So 15 years I've been doing this. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was about time to number one, get a fresh set of eyes into the business. Very mm -hmm. important. And um, number two, it was about me uh, stepping away um, and focusing on a couple of special projects that I'm focusing on but also doing things for me to feed my soul, um, doing things that are new for me, um, like, you know, doing my podcast and doing this stuff. Uh, I'm not an expert, right? So for me, I'm back to ground zero. Yeah. Uh, I feel vulnerable talking on camera and doing all that, even though it might not come across You're that. You're great way, at it. You're awesome at it. Yeah, but, but, <clears throat> but you see, that's the thing, but people don't realize it's all new to me as well, right? Yeah. So I'm going through all those things as well. So for me, it was about doing that. But the process... It took me two years to find the right CEO to oh, answer wow. the question. So for me, I went on a journey to, um, and for me, it wasn't just about the experience. It was more about the fit. Um, you know, you know of, of course, you have to have some experience of some sort, but mm. it was mainly about do you fit with my way of thinking? Do you fit with our culture, with our company? Um, and do I see, and I didn't want to go and hire another CEO. I wanted to hire someone that was just below a CEO, but had the potential to be an amazing CEO. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it took me two years to find that. And um, I've been blessed enough to have a fantastic CEO. Peter does a great job, um, you know, and, and I'm very, very happy about that. But it yeah. takes time. It took me two years to do that. Um, yeah. And sometimes you're lucky it might not take you that long. But I think, again, um, as I said at the start, your business partner, uh, your life partner, your CEO, again, that's another thing yeah. that you really need to get right. And, Just um, dele delegating to the right people, those roles so you can keep on with your mission and, and what really fires, keeps you, keeps your fire lit, keeps you happy, motivated. Um, yep, spot on. It sounds like at the beginning, in the beginning days, you're really, you're really a driven person and you're very outgoing and you're great with people. So like that networking, that building relationships is what you're great at, which brought the business in and now... Um, now you've delegated some of those tasks so you can focus on the next thing to light your fire yeah. and make it bigger. So, yep, spot on. Um, yeah, important yeah. lesson for especially the smaller businesses. Man, I've, I, we're in the process of delegating right now. Um, we're doing some, we've already delegated some stuff. It makes such a big difference. Hey, just to, you, 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 can, to. you can go from this vision to just, it opens up yeah. and you start seeing new things because you're not clouded with the little things. Um, yeah. yeah, I and totally then, agree. And then you're giving someone else a job too. You're feeding another mouth rather than just your own, which is cool. So uh, in, your, in your moments of doubt, Sam, I'm sure there were some tough times in the business, um, you know, that you went through the financial crisis of uh, 0809 and yep. 0789. Um, yep. How do you pull through? So like I said, you're a very outgoing 
vivacious person, but how do you pull through those tough times? You got a good mindset. Gotta get on with it. It's yeah. simple. You just gotta get on with it, right? Um, shit happens. Things yeah. go wrong, right? It's just a fact of life. It happens in your everyday life, let alone your business, right? Um, certain things you have no control over. Okay, mm. I have no control over the economy. I have no control over coronavirus. You know, yeah. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have any control over these things, right? Um, so it's about just getting on with it, um, but also making sure that, you know, you learn lessons. Um, you know, when you make small mistakes, those small mistakes, when you're growing your business initially, it's okay to make small mistakes, right? And those small mistakes will help you and train you for the bigger times, the difficult times when you're a much, much bigger company. Mm. So imagine if you never made a mistake and you were always successful, right? Imagine that. Imagine if life was always good and you never made a mistake and then boom, something bad happened. You wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah. Right? There's no dummy's guide to how do you deal with the coronavirus. (laughs) There's no no such a thing, right? There will be though in Um, a few months, I'm sure it'll be on the bookshelf. Yeah, there will be. But you know what I mean? So for me, you know, during those tough times, it was putting into practice things that I had learned throughout the last 15 years in my journey. Mm. So for example, making sure we have reserves for cash flow, making sure cash flow is good, making sure, you know, we're keeping on top of our clientele, making sure that, you know, we're not dropping the ball anywhere, making sure that we're communicating with our clients, making sure that they're, they are happy, making sure that if they need assistance, we're helping them. Because yeah. again, it's a long-term relationship. So for us, it's been really about getting on with it, but also making sure that, you know, we put into practice what we've learned over the last 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, and it's probably also coming from the background that you've come from, Sam, with the struggles you've had. Like, I can't even imagine what you went through. And I didn't come from a rich family, but um, man, coming from a, a war-torn country and having to learn a foreign language, and I'm sure it wasn't all happy days at school. Um, you know, kids that are different usually get teased and stuff. So, yeah, I can only imagine yeah. what you went through. So Yeah. But that, that builds resilience, right? That builds yeah. resilience. And that, that, that gives you the fire in your belly. So for me, um, you know, starting a business was number one. Uh, it was something that I, I like, you know, I, I was really intrigued by starting my own business, never had done that before. But it's, it was also for me, like, you know, for me, it was about, I never wanted to go to that bad place again. Yeah. I never wanted to be the kid that never had the cool shoes. I never wanted to be the kid that got picked on. I, um, I never wanted to have to cry every night at home growing up saying, why are we so poor? Why is life so hard? Why don't we have what other kids have? You know, as a kid, you don't understand why. Because you're too young to understand that. Because all you think is that, what have we done for life to be so difficult? Like, I remember growing up, one of my most special moments was when we got a black and white TV delivered from the church. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Like, it was such a special moment for me as a 10, 11-year-old, 12-year-old. Like, I'm around that. I was so, so happy. You know, those little things. So for me, it was about taking that, doing something and changing the cycle. Mm. But above that, now that you can, how do you make a difference in that kid's life that was you 20 yeah. years ago? Yeah. And that's what I love. 
And that's why I do the podcast. That's why, you know, I don't sell products. I don't sell anything, right? So this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm on Instagram because I know what it feels like to be that kid. I know what it feels like to be that boy or girl that sits there and goes, wow, life is so hard. I think it's awesome that you're doing your, that you're putting yourself out there more. There's a lot of times when I was younger as well, Sam, where I thought, man, how did that person get to where they're at? And they give you a little bit of info, but they wouldn't want to reveal their secrets. But there's plenty of money to go around, you know? Like, I think it's it's really cool if, especially in Australia, where there's a lot of foreign investment, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's important to nourish the the, the Australian culture and help, uh, you know, the homegrown businesses really thrive and flourish. Um, and that's what you're doing, which I think is great. You, you don't... Um, you don't seem to have a big ego or anything like that. And that's, that's key sharing your, yeah. sharing your success with others to inspire them and bring them up. And there's nothing, be- there's nothing better, man. I'm sure you've experienced this when someone gives you a review on your podcast and they say, thank you. I got this and that from it. It's, it feels so yeah. good. So it's almost like a selfish act, but yeah. It is, but, you, but you're doing the same thing, but you're doing what you're doing. You know, you're doing exactly the same thing. And it's about, I am such a massive believer of, you know, I, I, like, I love Australia so much. I'm, yeah. like, I'm such a, like, I'm patriotic when it comes to country. Me too. <laughs> I just hate seeing so much talent here. And then we always bring talent from overseas here. Mm. I'm like, well, we have the best minds, the best entrepreneurs, the most beautiful people here. Why don't we actually push our own people and create a community and have these kind of conversations and help each other? Because by showcasing and helping each other, we're allowing other young people to see that what's achievable and what they yeah. can achieve. And as for ego, ego and jealousy are the two biggest like curses for a mm. human being. Um, you know, your ego does nothing but really set you back. Um, you know, and your jealousy, the same thing. I, I'm a massive, I'm, I'm totally against those two things. And, you know, I think you really got to focus on yourself and how you can give back. I'm a massive believer of karma. And I'll tell you what, if you do the right thing, it comes back tenfold. It does, um, man. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on on the note of karma, you guys, uh, Broadband Solutions, have won some some incredible awards over the years. And um, and I I noted in 2012 to 13 and 13 to 14, you guys more than doubled your revenue, which is incredible. Um, What did you guys do to do that? Uh, there's like, uh, it's interesting, you know, it's like when you're starting a business, it's really more sales focused, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about just sales. You know, you don't have a lot of processes, HR, all that kind of stuff that you end up having. There's also like this, this cycle between, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands to a couple of mil, couple of mil to five, five to 10, 10 plus, all those cycles, you have new challenges. Right. And I'll tell you, it's all a whole new learning curve all over again, right? Yeah. Um, so initially, you're very gone home. It's all about just making sales. So you see yeah. a lot of growth because that's what your number one focus is. But it's a little bit okay. chaotic probably, right? You're bringing money just, in, you're like, oh, invoicing and it's crazy. Yeah. It's all just sales, sales. Yeah. And then you go, okay, now we have to have customer retention. Now we have mm-hmm. to have customer service. And at the same time, it's easy to double from 10,000 to 20,000 from 1 million to you know 5 million, but it's not easy to go from 25 million to 50 million, 50 mm. million to 100 million. It's a totally different ball game. So it, what you find is that when you see growth at that level, it's mainly done by acquisition and not uh, you know organically. Um, we focus a lot on growing our business organically. 
Um, oh. And, you know, if you want to get those kind of growth at a high end, it really comes down to doing a lot of acquisitions, which are fantastic. But I'll tell you what, um, being a private business and not a public company, we don't have to just do acquisitions for the sake of acquisitions to make our numbers look good for shareholders. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's always been about synergies and finding people that there's synergies, but they don't do what you do. So you can bring two new things together and grow it together rather than buying someone, just buying contracts to add extra revenue for no reason. Yeah. So is that what you did in those periods to, to, to grow those synergies? No. So initially it was just all organic. So we've never okay. done acquisitions, so, but in the last, in the last uh, probably five years, I, we've looked at some acquisitions, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just acquire somebody or merge with someone for the sake of doing it. Mm. Um, for me, it was about just stay true to yourself because I, I went through, I went through the phase working elsewhere before I started my business where I saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions happen and the share market took it quite well. But then when there was not, no, no more acquisitions or mergers to be done, then it was house cleaning, clean the house. And then they realized, wow, we have 20 different billing systems. We have all these uh, double ups. Mm. Oh, wow. It's an absolute mess. And then yeah. you see the share plummet. Yeah. Right? And I've been through all that. So for me, I didn't want to make those same mistakes. So it was about just, you know, yeah. there's no synergies. Yeah, wise man. <laughs> so there's obviously a huge benefit in staying private company rather than listing. Do you think you'd ever list or it's an option? Or you uh, don't want to yeah, look, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it's a good question. Look, I looked at it probably five, six years ago. And I think you got to be at a certain level to be able to do it if you want to do it properly. Uh, but also, it, it can be a quite a big distraction for a lot of businesses. Um, and for us, our focus is to remain a technology company. Uh, it's very important to diversify. I'm a massive believer of diversification. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm working currently on a project where, so 15 years ago, we decided to build our own phone system in the cloud. People didn't even know what voice over IP was and PABXs were like in the cloud back 15 years ago, but we built our own. And, and for us, like, you know, I'm working on a project where we want to take that product, uh, we've put it into AWS, so straight away now the global reach is so much bigger than what it was. For me, it's about getting certified by certain hospitality brands. So we are the number one to go to when it comes to cloud uh, phone systems. Mm -hmm. But it, it's also not a phone system. Um, we are, we've invested a lot of time and effort building AI into the phone system. So it becomes an AI tool. And yep. what I mean by that is that any phone can make phone calls, whether it's in the cloud or not, right? It's common sense. So for us, it's about... Um, what happens when someone calls you and your CRM is connected to your phone system? So when someone calls straight away, the CRM recognizes that person, which is nothing anybody can really do that. Yeah. But then what it does, it pulls up all the information about that system based on what's available in the world wide web. So whatever's available in Google, whatever's available in Instagram, whatever's in Facebook, and presents that information on your fingertips. Now, as a consumer, I can have a very good conversation with you. I can have a conversation because I know who your footy team is. I know, you know, what you did on the weekend based on what's out there. I know there's privacy issues, yeah. but I'm going based what's out there on, on the internet anyway. Um, and then again, that helps relationship building. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And that's what differentiates you from everybody else. So for us, it's about working on projects like that and differentiating our business and doing things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than doing other things. Yeah, very cool. Some serious tech and, and AI and VR and all those kinds of things are, um, yeah, they're, they're the 
the way of the world nowadays. And I don't think some people realize how important it is and, and how it can really help a business. But um, yeah, tech's cool, man. I love, I love what you guys are doing. And um, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how far you're going. It's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so off the topic of business a little bit, let's talk about you personally, Sam. A lot of people talk about morning routines, night routines. Is there anything specific you do in the, in the mornings or night to kind of prepare yourself for one down from a day? No, I'm terrible. I get to sleep really late, which I shouldn't be doing. So I usually get to sleep around midnight, if not 1am, yeah. which is terrible, which is absolutely terrible. And I, I would that. too, but um, my, my partner nags me, come to bed, come to bed. <laughs> yeah, I go to bed too, but I just don't sleep. Um, <laughs> um, and I usually get up at 5am. I've never slept in my life. I've never had an alarm clock in my entire life. I don't understand the concept of alarm clocks it's very foreign to me yeah um i get up very early i have my coffee um i have a lot going on all the time um but a perfect day for me would be coming to my office working out in the morning um and just you know going for a walk and then starting my day um but no it doesn't happen all the time yeah. and i'm aware of that but i try and make a habit of it and i'll try and do it as much as possible um exercise is very important for me Mm. It clears my mind. Growing up, it was all about vanity, making yeah. sure you know you have the great body, you look good, but not at all anymore. For me, it's about clearing my mind, being a great headspace, and I, I, I can't. It gives, it gives you it extra up. energy, I reckon. Hey, like uh, it does. Uh, obviously, we're we're in the fitness game, and um, yeah, it really it really pumps us up and gets the blood pumping, the happy hormones are pumping, and you feel like you've yeah. achieved something if you start your day with exercise. So. It's, um, it is phenomenal. Like so you release good. those endorphins, and I cannot recommend exercise more than anything to anyone. Mm. If you do not do it, you're just a totally different person. Um, I haven't exercised for three days, and after this party, I'm going to jump on and exercise because I'm actually it's driving me crazy because I missed it so much. <laughs> three days, oh man! Have you ever have you got a trainer down there, PT? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I do, but not anymore because because of what's happening at the moment, obviously. Um, uh, but I use PTs mainly for motivation because yeah. I've exercised since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I've always mm -hmm. liked weight training since yeah. I was young. Um, I don't mind doing it by myself, but I love PTs at the same time. I have one that works across the road from where I am, which is he's amazing. And I also uh, used to train with Danny Kennedy, who's fantastic as well in Melbourne. Awesome. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I just exercise by myself. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And you got the gym in the, in the office too. I've seen, I've yeah. seen a tour of yeah. your office. I think you did it and it looks amazing. It's really cool. It's like a jungle. Um, yeah. So, what is what is your personal mission, Sam? Like, what what do you what do you want to leave the world with when you when you're gone? Yeah, sure. Look, for me, it's about leaving a legacy. Um, and legacy is like success, happiness, and legacy have different meanings to different people. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, you can be successful because you have you're very rich, or you can be successful because you have certain things, or you can be successful because you have the best partner in the world and you have a white picket fence and a dog. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with any of those things. It's what it means to you. For me, again, with legacy, the same thing. It's what kind of a legacy do you want to leave? For me, um, I want to be very true to myself um, and I want to make sure that I'm content and I'm happy as a person. That's the most important thing. And that happiness and being content comes from a totally different way. It doesn't come with success and money. It's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Right? It's just a bonus. Hundred percent. You can buy things, but and they give you a high for a bit. And after a while, if they didn't mean anything to you, you get used to it, and you look at it from a different point of view to what everybody else sees it. Yeah. Right. So for me, 
um, I've gone on my own journey where I came from nothing. I did really well for myself. And I remember like, you know, because I didn't go out at a young age, then I got a little bit older uh, and I found success. I spent a lot of money and time going out, doing all those silly things that you would do. Yeah, um, I did that young. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at 42, for me, I am the happiest I have ever been in my life. I feel very contempt. Um, and it all comes from having my family, having great friends, having people that I connect with like yourself and other people on Instagram that I don't even know, right? Yeah. That are just on the same wavelength. And we're trying to, we're trying to do what makes us happy and we're giving back. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the legacy would be to leave this world, uh, you know, in my, within my own means, a better place that I came into and making sure that I leave some kind of a legacy and teach my kids and, uh, you know, people around me and not just my kids, but also, you know, I love bringing on young people on board at my, uh, you know, at our company. Yeah. And they are your legacy too, because you, 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 you affect them, you know, you leave your mm. own mark on their heart. So yeah. for me, that's what's important. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, I love it. That's a that's a great mission, and I see you doing it, man. You're already doing it, so um, just keep up what you're doing, I'm sorry. and, and I'm you'll sorry. smash it. All right, cool. And um, a bit of a question on investing. Um, I'm I'm in my uh, oh, I just turned thirty actually, and uh, at this point in my life, I'm looking at different investments, right? Like stocks. We had a chat about stocks, and um, and you're you're into property now. You're doing some property development. So uh, if you don't mind. Uh, sharing what you can with the audience about what, what you believe is a good investment. Like, what do you, how do you like to compound your wealth? Sure. Okay. Sure. Look, for me, it's about, you know, you do what you feel comfortable with and, mm. and you got to keep your toes in different things and learn, you know, based on your experience. Um, I've done a lot. I've been building property for, well, 14 years, if not longer. Oh. I don't really talk about it. So I've mm. got a, I've got a, it's been a massive thing for me. Property has been, um, I've also, you know, invested in stocks over the probably last five years. Um, for me, I'm a massive believer of property. Again, yeah. maybe it goes back to my roots of long-term relationships. For me, everything's long-term. Yeah. Um, I have a saying, small steps are sweet steps. Um, I, I, um, I, I'm not a big believer of instant gratification you get burnt as far as I'm concerned with my uh, experience. So yeah. property, and for me, it's about buying land, building and keeping. And okay. for me, that's, that's, a, that's a model that I've used uh, and I've been doing that for 14, 15 years and I've been very active. I've been doing it year in, year out. And for me, it's about, um, I find my secret formula is location, stick to the same location, the size of land, how many townhouses can you fit in it? And what yield in terms of rent return will you get? And the most important thing to me has been, again, what we spoke about initially is don't have any ego mm -hmm. and, and just do small, small steps, small projects, because where people go wrong in my belief is that where they overstretch themselves, whether it's stocks, whether it's property, whether it's anything in life, do what you can with your own means, take a risk, but yeah. don't take a crazy risk. Don't, risk, don't risk. risk the house. Don't risk the whole portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, I, I got, I lost a lot in stocks uh, going back years ago, but you know what? It was my own money. It, and I look back, if it wasn't my money and I got a margin call, oh, yeah. wow. How would that feel? And people forget that because we always hear the good stories, the yeah. wins. You know, people don't talk about the losses because either they're embarrassed 
or the ego or whatever it is. They don't want to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's important to talk about those things. So for me, my uh, I learned again a long time ago to diversify. So my 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 uh, advice would be find your cash cow. Yeah, you need a cash cow. Yeah, of course. find your cash cow. Yeah, that's the number one. Find something that's gonna give you the money. Use that cash flow and invest. Don't go and party or blow it on fancy cars and all those kind of things without having an investment. You know, I bought my first Rolex watch at the age of 40. Yeah, nice. Okay? 40 years old, I bought my first Rolex watch. You know, I could have bought it way earlier, but it wasn't necessary. It wasn't my number one priority. And the Rolex doesn't bring in business. (laughs) 100%. 100%. You know, don't get caught up in this whole Instagram world. You know, everything you can do that, but you do it, but it's right for you. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do what it's right. You know, you don't have to live your life with the Joneses and what they do. Don't worry about what other people do. So yeah. going back to the thing for me, by diversifying, using that cash flow to build a property portfolio long term. Um, and then, um, and, I, I, and you know, just allowing that to grow over the years more and more and more. And then the plan is, you know, you look at it in 10, 15 years time. And doesn't matter if you have, you know, recessions or whatever you have. It's all cycles. Mm. it's all cycles as far as i'm concerned so yeah. the secret is and you hold out through those cycles and if yeah. you over overstretch you can't yeah and that's where people get in trouble yeah 100 so yeah my my mentor um hammers me on having a three to six month cash buffer so that's three, three to six months of my my bills so that if if shit hits a fan then i can dig into that and i can survive and breathe because because when you're in survival mode man i've been there before i'm sure you have too you your focus is so narrow and you're just focused on the next dollar so you can eat, so you can pay the rent. It's not a good place to be for the long term. It's stressful. It's not good for the body, not good for the mind. So, um, yeah. But in terms of investing, um, I've heard from a couple of people who own supercars. Uh, you, you have a Ferrari and uh, a couple of other cool cool things in the collection. Um, have, has that brought some cool relationships for you? Uh, yeah, big time. Um, so for me, uh, I, as a young boy, you know, I've always loved cars. Like, you know, growing up, and, you know, it's, and I know a lot of young girls that love cars. And, that, you know, my daughters, they're tomboys. They love it. Yeah. They are, I was, I was like, a massive know, tomboy. <laughs> well, there you go. And I love that. You know, so I hate how people go, oh, it's just a boy's thing. It's not just a boy's thing. It's got nothing to do with it. You know, it's just a personal thing. So my girls, they, they love it, you know. And, and me growing up, I remember I used to wait for my father to come home, this is back in Iran, and I used to run down and jump on his lap, lap and just turn the car on and off for him. And that was <laughs> such a special moment for me. So I've, I've been a massive car enthusiast. Um, so to answer your question, um, it has. It's not just a car. Yeah. It's not a car, you know. Um, it's interesting, actually. We actually have a Ferrari chat group even now on WhatsApp. Yeah. And we, we, it's like, I was never a believer of all that stuff. I thought it was just such a weird thing. What do people do? Go for drives? That's so just weird. Who does that? Um, but even now through these hard times, me and the boys, we laugh so much, you know, and the common denominator has been that car that's yeah. brought us together. So whether it's a car or whatever it is, whatever it might be, it's something that brings people together that have something in common. Mm. Um, so for me, you know, I've been to Monaco. I've been to the factory in Italy a number of times. I've been all around the world with Ferrari and Lamborghini and I have made long time, long-term friends for life throughout those events. And those people I would have never otherwise met if it wasn't because of that one common interest. 
Yeah. Even even outboards that you had on your show. Yeah. You know, I met Al through Cars. Yeah. Again, you know, I met him. I met him through Cars, remember, kind of. <laughs> there you go. You know, yeah. I remember meeting Al and we're sitting there at the first time we caught up. We were both in Sydney and we caught up for a coffee, and then we we're talking about cars. And I said, "Where are you from?" He goes, "I'm from Iran." I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Iran." Too. <laughs> yeah it's cool we had no idea you know so yeah look it's a it's it's it opens a lot of doors for you yeah so it's more for for you and for a lot of people it's not just a flashy toy it's a, a great networking tool um and also they're lots of fun uh, i've driven some and they're, they're, they're great fun awesome yeah, 100%, fun. i totally agree with it i totally yeah. agree 100%. i uh i like to flip the interview for one question sam and uh and ask you to ask me a question so it can be about anything it can be about business um, so what, what have you got for me? Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, what's your why? Like, where, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Where, where are you going? My why is, uh, it's not a person or a thing. It's, um, I, I had a, um, a tough upbringing, I would say, and, um, parents splitting and then it was just a bit tumultuous, the living environment for some years. And, um, and then uh, since I've been an adult, I've had more than 50 jobs. Uh, I wrote them down literally two days ago in a list in my notes and I've had 50 jobs, Sam. So uh, throughout university from the age of 14, I've been working um, and, and I've tried. So for me, it's been more about the jobs than, than starting businesses because maybe I didn't think I had the, it in me to start a business or enough money or whatever. I have started two businesses, but um, I, they, I, yeah, you could call them failures or learning experiences. So for me, it's really um, being an example. You know, it's, there's a lot of people um, teaching how to build a business and they've never built a business before. For me, it's, um, it's all about being a living example. So uh, by me living to my full potential in my life, and then documenting the journey uh, and, and providing a platform like this podcast for people to learn from yourself and me with a few interjected stories. Um, people can learn and say, oh, I'm just like them. I can do it too. That's all it is. It's just, it's just inspiring other people to, to step up and, and build something, build a better life for themselves. Don't settle. I've seen so many friends, man, they, they, they get to a point and they've failed a couple of times, even just two times. And they're, then they, they find a partner, settle down. If that's what they're happy with, then good. But then they come to me and they tell me they're not happy. Oh, I, I did this and then I had two kids and then now we're split and I'm doing it tough and I wish I did this, I wish I did that. It kills me to hear that, man, when these people have so much talent. Um, so for me, it's just I'm 30 now and I, I don't have a multi-million dollar business yet. Uh, but I, I'm, not, I'm not stopping or slowing down anytime soon. So just being that living example. I love that. And I love that. And you know what? I was 27, 28 when I, you know, I probably started my business going back now. So age is just a number. It's got nothing to do with it. I yeah. think it comes down to determination. And, you know, I love what you're doing. It's so cool, you know, and good on you for doing that because, you know, I always look back and go, wow, I wish I documented my journey, like, you know, from the start. It would have been so good to be able to see that. So you're yeah. doing a great job and I love what you're doing. You're doing an awesome job. So that's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really appreciate your time and, uh, and um, oh, support along the way. It's been really cool meeting you through Instagram. It's, who would have thought Instagram would be a networking platform? But um, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. And um, what you're doing is really inspiring also. I, I certainly learn a lot from you and your podcasts. Um, Thank you. The Al Bors one was a hit. That was, that was a great, great oh, vibes. Awesome. Um, Thank you. 
So, so finally, Sam, uh, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who have a business. Um, they may even have a multi-million dollar business at the moment. They want to take it to the next level. So if anyone who, who's lacking a bit of confidence um, or isn't sure of themselves or um, they're feeling overwhelmed, mostly the confidence thing, I think people have fears or, com- or confidence yeah. issues. Like Grant Cardone says, 10x your thinking. How can people yeah. overcome that and just... Okay, you got to believe in yourself, right? How can you, they build if it believe- if they're lacking it? Yeah, okay. So what do you got to lose? If you don't give things a go, what do you got to lose? If you don't, so for me, okay, for me, you got to be happy with who you are as a person, number one, right? And I'm a massive believer of you come first before anybody else, okay? On a plane, put your mask on before you put the person next to you. So for me, it's about you got to say, I am worthy. I am worthy of being the person that I want to be, you know, and that, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, right? Yeah. You can say, I am worthy of being this person. I believe in myself. I can achieve anything I set my mind to. There's no difference. We all put our pants on one leg at a time in the morning. Yeah. We all have to, you know, we really do, yeah. right? <laughs> we all have to, you know, we all have a mind. We all, like, there's no difference between any of us. Yeah. Yes, different circumstances. Life plays you a different card. And sometimes it's fucking terrible. I've been through it, but it is what it is, okay? It is what it is, and it's sad, and it shouldn't happen, but it happens. So what do you do? You allow that to continue to affect you and rule you, or do you say, you know what? I'm going to take this. I'm going to use a fire. I'm going to use it as fuel to allow me to change who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I'm not only doing it for me, but I'm doing it for millions of other people out there that are in the same situation or worse than me, right? So even though it's selfish, it's selfishness at the same time. And once you look after you, once you're okay, then you have a responsibility to give back. You have to pay your rent to be in this world. You have to as a person. I'm a massive believer of that. But I tell you, it's all about not giving up. It's not the smart ones that mean. It's the persistent ones. You've got to be resilient. Shit happens. But time fixes everything. I can guarantee you, time fixes everything. Yeah. Well, how you feel today is not how you're going to feel in three days' time. And if it was easy, then it would be a boring fucking world. It's not yeah. supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's not supposed to be. It doesn't work like that, right? So you've got to get on with it. But you've got to believe in yourself. And you've got to manifest, right? You've got to manifest things. You know, I'm a massive believer of that. No, I didn't watch the secret. I, I don't watch much <laughs> But for me, honestly, like for me, you know, I always loved cars as a kid. So I used to, when I had no money, I used to go and rent cars. And I felt what it felt like to drive a Porsche. I felt what it felt like to drive a Ferrari. I felt, you know, I saved my money and I used to go nice places because I felt like what it felt. I felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. when I felt it, I said to myself, I am worthy of having this. I am worthy of being here. There's nothing wrong with me, right? And I believed in myself and I pushed myself not to prove to others, but to prove to me, number one, that I am worthy. And Mm. you must do that. And that's where it comes from. And don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do anything because they are the ones that are scared. They don't want to see you succeed, right? Yeah. You can do everything 
It's up to you. You've got to set your mind to it and nothing can stop you but you. Simple as that. And that's yeah. how what I I get very emotional about stuff I, like that. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel it. Hey, and I, I agree with you 100%. Thank you so yeah. much for your words. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've driven a couple of cars, like you said, and, uh, and Al Boz kindly took us for a spin. Yeah. And man, you're in that and you, you feel the adrenaline. You feel so good. And, and, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm having this one day. And, uh, and then I get, a, I get out, I get out and I, and I come up here into my apartment and I, and I'm, I'm like, let's go get to work. Work's going to get me there. And it's so inspiring, um, having that experience. And then it, it really, yeah. So to all the listeners, 100%. make sure you give yourself a taste and then go back to work and work your ass off and make it happen. 100%. And if I could just say one more thing, what's really important is live low life for yourself and don't worry about what people think of you. As human beings, we are always judged and we care too much about what others think about us. But just remember this, 50% of people will like you, 50% of others won't like you. Yeah. By the time, as soon as you're walking, based on your color, based on your race, based on your looks, based on the way you speak, but you know what? Anything. Not everybody has to like you. Not everybody has but to you like have, you. You have to like you. That's the main thing. Spot on. And that's all that matters. As long as you're a good person, you're happy with yourself, that's all that matters. Don't be a people pleaser. Do what you want to do and go for your goals and dreams and you'll always be happy. Awesome. Well, I don't think we could end the podcast on a better note, Sam. So once again, thank you so much for your thank beautiful you. words and for coming on, sharing your story and uh, inspiring the next generation. It's it's really cool and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to meeting you in person and, and drinking some Torbeck with you. <laughs> Shout out to Torbeck. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a Thanks, lovely day. Sam. Thank you. you too. Thanks for tuning in with me as your host, Elise Grace. Do me a favor and drop me a review on iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. would love to know what you guys think of the podcast. It helps me keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with all my movements, please check me out on social media at Elise Grace.